Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Med Street Journal podcast. My name is Rodney Hu, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Miss Lisa Charleboy, and she's the head of creative at Omada Health. And I'm excited to have her on and share what they're doing over at Omada and kind of her journey in healthcare. So, with that being said, Lisa. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Oh, it's great to be here. No problem. So yeah, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you give people a little bit of background of who you are and kind of how you got into healthcare? For sure. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm a creative director with over 20 years experience. I've worked in uh, all sorts of different industries and fields, uh, a lot of it coming up through advertising, um, originally from Canada. So if I say, you know, a boot, you'll have to forgive me. And uh, started my career in Toronto uh, at Ogilvy and BBDO, different agencies like that. Went over to New York, worked on uh, Ogilvy, New York on big uh, clients like SAP and Cisco and IBM. And then I was transferred to Ogilvy, LA, worked in LA for a bit, worked on PR, um, uh, and then eventually up to the Bay Area, where I was the global creative director for HP.com, and then slid on into startup life. And now that led to Omada. Nice, nice. Which brings us to your company. And so what are you guys working on over at Omada? What's, what do you guys got cooking up over there? What sort of projects are you working on that's exciting? For sure. I mean, I think you can say that the entire digital healthcare industry is really exciting right now in the context of how we've all pivoted just in our own personal lives but when it comes to healthcare and really how doctors and uh, healthcare providers are providing real value for patients, I think there's so much that technology affords people that we're really just at the beginning of, I think, serving our participants in a way that provides real value, but then also just helps push the entire industry forward. Nice. So how are you guys going about providing that value and how are you guys facilitating like the content that you guys are putting out in front for your target audience? For sure. I mean, we are now um, looking at, you know, digital care from that really human perspective. So everything from a mental health offering and products through to prevention. I mean, our, our company really started as a diabetes prevention organization. And now we've expanded those offerings into type two and hypertension uh, we continue with our prevention product, and we've now expanded even into muscular skeletal as well. So it's really an end-to-end, I think, platform that I think looks at the whole person and really starts to figure out, well, how can we support you, whether it's evolving into a more healthy lifestyle, or maybe it's in you know helping you manage through your type 2 diabetes with some of our partnerships um, where, you know, again, we can provide that, that full view. So, you know, with the Abbott CGM, connecting that into our app and, pro- and just giving people that lens so I think everyone can really live their best life. Oh, that's awesome. That's kind of exciting. It's like, where, where do you kind of like see this in like the long term? What's like the potential, like the goal for like this sort of technology? I mean, just like anything else, right? Like, I think you can look at other industries and see how they're evolving. Everything today, I think not only 
do participants from a healthcare lens expect more, but they deserve more. And I think as, you know, future focused sort of um, companies, we have to start to find ways to work to a way that people want to be engaged with, right? Like, for example, I think this pandemic is the perfect sort of lens to really pressure test all these ideas. People don't want to go necessarily to a healthcare provider, right? Like the, the, the burden on that whole choice, which seems like, you know, six months ago was not a big deal to just call up your doctor and swing by the office. But nowadays, I mean, if you have back pain, like if I can take away the barrier for you connecting with a um, healthcare provider and I can now do all of that over, you know, video chat and Zoom and, and conference call. I mean, there's so much value to that end patient. So I think it's really just about putting the person in the center and really making sure that whatever we're doing is always about providing the most value to that individual where they are at that moment. Okay. Okay, I like that. It's crazy because you can see how fast, like, everything's evolving to digital at such a rapid pace and Mm -hmm. and I just see the changes that are happening. And so as you guys are like, you have this plan, you have this vision and you're, you guys know who you're going out to get. Is there, have you faced any sort of resistance, whether it's from the market or um, just as a company? I mean, I think a lot of uh, digital care providers have similar challenges. You know, the, the industry that we're in, we are evolving so quickly, yet all these government regulations and um, different pressures are not necessarily on the same level, right? So making sure, and, and also it's a huge consideration, right? As things become more data-driven, how can we make sure that we're being incredibly mindful and respectful of patient data and uh, you know, compliant with, with HIPAA and all sorts of different government agencies and bodies and regulations? So I think it just takes really intelligent inflows and really committed to doing things in a way that's the most responsible and not necessarily, you know, getting technology ahead of that. You have to make sure that we're always still being compliant and um, following the same regulations that maybe a, a brick and mortar health provider would have to. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's crazy trying to like walk a tight line when you're trying to integrate new new ideas into the market and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what sort of advice would you give to people who are trying to spread a message like you guys are and or like what sort of advice would you give to your target audience and the people that you guys are trying to connect with? I think for us, it's really about providing the the choices. And a lot of times people don't know that there's all of this available, right? Um, you know, if, if you've just been overweight and you're borderline diabetic, you probably just figured, well, this is just how my life is, right? Like you, you might not even know that there's all these different um, possibilities on ways that you can take control of your health. And uh, so that's really like just a giant awareness issue, right? Um, I think for us, it's also about helping employers understand and, and health plan providers, like our whole industry, connecting with that audience and making sure that they realize that, you know, when you take care of your populations, there's a massive um, positive return 
on, on that from a, from a bottom line perspective. So like healthy employees and having a healthy population is, is not only just good business, but I mean, it does turn into good returns as well. Okay. Yeah. Cause you mentioned getting like people aware. So how, how do you go about that? What have you found like most effective mm-hmm. or maybe even least effective really? Yeah. It's an interesting marketing challenge because we're in the way that our, our business model works is that, you know, we really have to have um, participants covered through whether it's their employer sponsored healthcare plan or um, their healthcare plan that they've signed up for. So really our, our first marketing touch is with, like I said, those health plan buyers, um, those employers themselves, and really connecting with them and making sure that uh, they bring a mind to their health care packages, if you will. And then once we have those employers and health plan health plans within our, our environment or our ecosystem, then we market and bring awareness to the populations that they serve. So talking through the employer to the end participant or potential participant. So from a marketing lens, you can kind of see it's almost like two giant awareness funnels, if you will. There's one whole one to get that sort of B2B audience. And then there's a whole other one to start to connect with that end participant and that B2C audience. Okay. So yeah, you got two different avenues, the B2B and the B2C. And mm-hmm. connecting with each one is a different strategy, a different psychology, a different approach. And totally. So when thinking about that, when when trying to connect with the B2B audience, what do you think has been the best way of doing that? Like, how have you been able to facilitate those conversations? I think for us, it's just really about providing value and just awareness, you know, and like making um, making employers and, and health plans realize that, again, having healthy populations isn't just a wonderful, altruistic thing that you can do, but it really does provide business value. You know, if you can think about the amount of cost that's, that goes in, if you are an employee that has type two diabetes, that you could potentially, you know, reduce your, um, your medication costs or your cost to going to your provider, your healthcare, your primary healthcare provider, you know, that, that translates into real business, um, value. Like if you can reduce that cost. So I think from a, just a pure dollars and cents perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Then I think from a corporate culture perspective, I, that's where, you know, when we're talking with HR buyers, it feels great for them to provide something that really does translate to real value. I think a lot of companies, you know, everyone, you hear that's all the time, like, oh, our employees are our most important asset. And this is some way that those individuals can really demonstrate that. I think it shows a company and a culture that really wants to invest in their employees. And you're doing it in a way that not only benefits them, but then ultimately ends up benefit, benefiting the company too. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And so when you guys, when you are identifying like the need in the market and understanding what you guys want to offer as a solution, how did you guys identify that knowledge gap or was how big was that knowledge gap from the people that you wanted to help and how aware those people were? 
I mean, yeah. And, and it's been a journey with Omada. I mean, we started, or we, <laughs> Sean and Adrian, our, our co-founders and uh, CEO, they started this company eight years ago and, and they really started it in that notion of, hey, if data and analytics and digital best practices can, can sort of connect with people and help them, like maybe there's an opportunity here. And it really started, I mean, they both worked at IDEO and that was something where, you know, again, they had a lot of passion for healthcare in the space. And so they kind of came up with this idea and, and ever since we've evolved it, like I said, from just being all about prevention to now really providing value across all sorts of different health conditions. Um, and for us, I mean, we're incredibly, there's a lot of rigor when it comes to our medical team. I mean, we have doctors on staff who are incredibly thorough and working through all sorts of, not only making sure that the care that we provide is, is first class, but also constantly evolving it and working with then our product teams and our internal, you know, different departments to sort of bring back insights and, and different ways of solving the challenge. So, I mean, I've probably wandered really far away from your original question, but I think for us, it's just, you know, being, being in that space where we're trying to always provide the best care for our participants and constantly evolving into different um, areas that, that, like I said, behavioral health is something that we just launched earlier this year. And if you think about the, the barriers to that, right, having uh, an application that you can then like speak with someone through an app, you know, really connect to a real person. Uh, there's so much in that. That's the same thing with our diabetes and our prevention programs. I mean, you, you have a real coach and that individual knows you, understands some of the challenges you're having, and they're real people. It's not a bot or anything like that. And so the, the benefits that we see from that, you know, taking essentially what should be or could be an offline relationship and having it online, I mean, it, it provides incredible ROI, really, and, uh, and most importantly, healthy populations. Yeah, definitely. Because you can already see how like, technology can already help s scale whatever mm -hmm. it is that you want to do. It just makes everything easier. You can still be as effective and productive. And if you need to, be in person that's all is available but the times where you don't have to be just putting that online or something makes that a lot easier but completely yeah. i mean you, you still need to have your endocrinologists and you know your primary mm. care team like we're not replacing those people but i think where we find is that it's those times in between right like if you're struggling with that potential type two diagnosis and you know you need to lose weight and you know you need to be more active. Like having someone on your phone that hits you up and is like, hey, Bill, like how are you today, right? And the support of that coach and then having the support of your community as well. I mean, we also put our participants in community groups. So not only do they have that one-to-one -one relationship with a coach, but then they have the, the, the benefit of other people who are in sort of a similar situation to them. So, you know, we get all sorts of stories of people being like, oh my God, like my coach understands me so much and they do this and they do that. And like, you would never know that these individuals have not ever met in person because the human connection is so strong. And 
I think that again, kind of to your way back in the beginning of this conversation question, like that to me is how technology is used as a really strong vehicle to bring part, like to bring that experience to life. It's not about the tech. It's still about the person because gosh, we can all feel it. Like I think during this pandemic, we've all realized how important it is to have that human connection, right? And what happens when you don't have it and how much of a strain that has not only on your physical, but also your mental health. So I think Omada has just started to figure out that secret sauce and putting it with not only people, but with, with clear action and clear steps for behavior change. Like that's the, that's the winning formula that, you know, we're super proud of. And, um, and most importantly, we'll continue to refine always in service of our participants. Dang. That was an awesome answer. Cause I remember my original question had to go back to like how you were like facilitating those conversations or creating the content, but you took it to a way more higher level <laughs> point of view, which is even more important. Cause that's even, that's even more cool by being able to identify like the higher level things that you need to focus on and realize like, it's not just the cool technology and mm-hmm. the content we're creating. It's like the impact that we're trying to have on yes. people's lives, you know, and it's that human connection that you had mentioned. And the fact that you guys are like working with people one-on-one if needed, because they have the coach and you guys have just developed mm-hmm. a community. And so I, I think that's super powerful really. And like totally helping with that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you can look at, you know, I, I live in San Francisco, you know, Silicon Valley and all the innovation that happens, not only just in this city, but I think you can kind of use it as a little bit of a Petri dish. And I think there's a lot of times that sometimes, as soon as the tech gets ahead of the um, human best interest, like that's where things start to feel really funky. And I think for us, you know, we're always super mindful because at the end of the day, if it doesn't help people, then what's the point? And, and that's the kind of like just real basic, you know, litmus test that we, we kind of pressure test everything we do against, really. Yeah, and you guys can already tell by the people that you guys are already affecting. And as the more people you help, like the more feedback you get, really. Mm-hmm. And then you can just continue to optimize as you learn and as you grow as a company as well. And that's how you For can sure. And I think that's you. the most, totally. And, and that's the most exciting part is when you start to think about like, okay, if, if this is where we started with prevention, right? What happens when you start to connect that, when you use things like um, a continuous glucose monitor, Right. And um, if, if your listeners aren't familiar, I'm sure they are, but you know, it's essentially this monitor that like looks like a little disc and you put it in your arm. And then of course that is connected to our app. And so now if you're a type two participant, you, you will, our, your coach will know where your blood sugar is at. And it, let's say it spikes all of a sudden. I mean, they can reach out and be like, Hey, are you okay? Like what's going on? You know, and, and start to coach you through I think that feedback loop, again, you're marrying technology, but it's not in a vacuum. It's not, hey, here's a bunch of all, uh, readings all over the map. Good luck interpreting it, person. No, you have someone with you who can kind of coach you through and start to, again, give you those steps of, of behavior change so you can not only manage your type two, but you know, ultimately improve your lifestyle. So 
I guess maybe that's a theme for our conversation is just like making sure technology isn't just about whiz bang cool tech because that doesn't help anybody. It always has to, in, in my opinion, be married with real change. And, and to me, that's some of the stuff you can't replace. That's the, the human connection. That's empathy. That's making sure that someone is on the other end of that device that you're holding who actually cares about you. And that's what we've done at Omada. Yeah, I like that. Because you have the old way of doing things and how mm-hmm. what people are used to. And you guys have the new way, the more efficient way to do the same thing essentially but in that transition what is not lost is the like core values like you're even mentioning empathy and really the impact that you guys are wanting to make and so that's like mm. easily transitioned but you guys are just doing it in a cool way <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you think it's cool i mean we mm. think it's pretty cool too <laughs> futuristic way like technology man it's cool uh-huh. interesting how um it can improve people's lives, really. Totally. But um, yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about about a lot of interesting topics when it comes to digital care and whatnot. But kind of want to end the interview on a little more lighter exercise, something I like sure. to call the rapid fire round. Ooh. All right, so I'm just going to ask you a couple questions, a list mm-hmm. of questions, and you just give me whatever answer you come up with. All right. All right. So question number one. What is your favorite book of all time? <laughs> I should know this right off the top of the dome. Uh, I, I think Perfume by Patrick Suskin. Okay, okay. Who is the most influential person in your life or career? Oh, boy. I mean, I've had a lot of influential people, but I'm going to go with uh, one of my first creative directors. Uh, okay, two first creative directors, just in case they're both listening. Andrew Pugsley. Michael McGovern. <laughs> Double shout out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and no disrespect to all the other great, you know, bosses I've had. <laughs> um, number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? Oh, man. Is surviving a goal? Because <laughs> I think 2020 has been a lot. So Agreed. it might be just a little bit of a punt, but Oh, I'm just going to say, like, keeping it together. I, my family's in Canada. I haven't been able to see them since, you know, January. It's going to be a full year. So, yes, I'm just going to say trying to keep a positive attitude. Uh, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> um, last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Uh, it's not that deep. It's not, it, like... You know, I think everyone in the moment thinks that everything is the end or it's the worst thing or it's the career ending move. It's not that deep. And, um, you know, you're, you're made it's tougher stuff than, than you think. Awesome. I think that's a perfect way to end today's episode. Uh, so, yeah, Lisa, I just want to thank you again for just jumping on and sharing your message and what you guys are doing over at Omada and just how technology is playing a role in healthcare and kind of where you see it going. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you. This has been great. Thank you. No problem. Last but not least, before we go, where can people connect with you, learn more about you and what you guys are doing? For sure. I mean, omadahealth.com is is really our, our corporate site where you can come and learn all sorts of stuff about the Omada company. 
And um, my, personally, I'm on LinkedIn. If you want to link up and connect, I'd love to chat. So it's Lisa Charlebois. All righty. Well, thanks for jumping on again. Catch you guys on the next one.